Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. One of the most fascinating things in baseball for me, and I say it every year, how much money guys can make in a matter of a two or three week span. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, but it's, it's real and it's true. And with Montgomery, I guess you could spin it this way is that not only do you understand that if your team gets there, that he's not going to shy away, but this talk markets, right? Everyone mm-hmm. like talks about markets. Oh, well, you know, he didn't do that well in New York. He did better in St. Louis. Well, yeah, he was in Texas somewhere in between. Um, so, you know, it, but it doesn't matter what Mar- this is the biggest stage. This is the most pressure. It, it doesn't matter if you're in Boston or New York or or wherever it is in July in a big game. No, you've been in the biggest games. You've been on the biggest stage. Market shouldn't impact you. I know that you know he's maybe he's he's prepping for it by spending all this time at Boston College. You know now with his wife, saw <laughs> that yeah dermatology school. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, so I, I think that this whole thing, this whole postseason run, to me anyway, it's like this not only made him a lot of money, but if I'm signing him, you should make a lot of money. Yep, I agree. And you know what you're getting. Again, you're going to get a guy that fills up the strike zone. And maybe that's the one thing, right? You look at the strikeout rate, and perhaps you want to see that higher when you start talking about a nine-figure deal for a starter. But I think he knows how to. Uh, pitch to contact looking you know really quickly and seeing only two games in which he had more than 10 strikeouts it's an 11 strikeout game and a 12 strikeout game and those were in both in 2021 and he did them as new york yankees like i don't buy into anything about new york he had some good years there right that first year coming through that system was a really good one for him in 2017 he made 29 starts had a 388 and even the last year 30 starts with a 383 in 2021 the last full year that he had 
uh, in a Yankee uniform. So I, I think he's fine in the biggest moments. I didn't see anything with him at all that made me wonder a little bit. Was he uh, going to wilt a little bit in markets where there's a lot of pressure, a lot of questions, maybe guys poking a little bit and, and prodding and pushing? That's a no, a, a no for me. I think he has no issues with it uh, whatsoever. Uh, but you're not going to get a ton of swing and miss. That's why he's so opposite of Blake Snell. Blake Snell, of course, we know led the league in walks, but the strikeouts were ridiculous. And the slider and the curveball combination, uh, the way he got guys to chase and the rate of swing and miss was incredible. So from that standpoint, I think if you're building a championship caliber uh, rotation, a perfect spot for him is three if you're deep. right? He can pitch at the two spot if you need it. But, I mean, if you're deep enough where he's three, then I think you've put together a really good team, uh, one that can do damage in the postseason. Now, you also have to match him up. I think it's really important. Uh, I always go back to the Oakland A's a few years ago when they still had Matt Olson and Matt Chapman and that great defense that they had there and thinking about what kind of pitching staff they put together. They didn't strike out a lot of guys either. They made sure they had guys behind him, uh, their starters, that could catch the baseball and do it well. I think Jordan Montgomery will, will rely on that. You know, the time in St. Louis, St. Louis last year, uh, they were a disaster defensively. Now, he still had good numbers, uh, but they were somewhat of a disaster. I think that you got to look for a team that is going to be at least average to above average defensively to get the most out of him, right? Trade rumors is saying six years and $150 million. You're going to put that kind of investment in Jordan Montgomery. Don't give him a big slugging team that can't catch the ball behind him. That's not yeah. going to work. You're not going to, you're not going to max out your value. That's a great point. It's an outstanding point. And it, I guess, so that sort of negates a question I had for you, which I love power rankings, but you know, CJ Nikowski's power rankings <laughs> of guys that you would want these stars that you would want to go after. Um, and maybe part of it now is with a caveat because it's, I think it's a good point by you. Depends what team you have. They're mm-hmm. all, what's fascinating is they're all different. Even, even Yamamoto, we had on um, Lance Brzezowski, uh, who did a great breakdown of Yamamoto mm-hmm. um, about, and you know this too, the from Japan. I mean, this is the differences in Japan, the adjustments in Japan. And there's all, Senga had to adjust. Senga had a great year, but he mm-hmm. had to change how he pitched a little bit. So it's not just and everyone's going to immediately go to Yamamoto because of his age and because of his dominance in Japan. But I'll just say to you, like, so what pitchers do you like? What if you say, I'm going to go out and get a pitcher? I, this mm. is say for argument's sake, you have a good defense. So how would you power rank the pitchers? And you can throw in the guys who've already been signed, Nola and, and Sonny Gray and, and mm. Maeda if you want. So, yeah, the way I kind of ranked them, I had Yamamoto one, even though there's that little bit of the unknown. Snell two because of the swing and miss. Again, he can pitch from the number one spot. Uh, I had Nola three, Gray four, uh, and I'm just looking at because I have in front of me Montgomery five. It, but they're like you said, there's different ways you get there. What does your team look like right now? Do you need one more piece? And you can go ahead and take a shot at one of these $200 million pitchers, and that's you know just Snell and Yamamoto probably. Uh, do you need multiple pieces? If you need multiple pieces, the guy that I think is going to be sneaky – and bringing a lot of value is Seth Lugo. You know, mm-hmm. both Seth Lugo and Nick Martinez both went to the Padres with the idea that they wanted to have a chance to start. Uh, Nick Martinez, in the way his contract was structured, got to start a little bit. They put him back in the bullpen. He's still a valuable guy. Seth Lugo was the one uh, that got the consistent starts. He did miss a month, dealt with a little bit of a calf strain, and he is 34 years old, but he answered the bell in a big way. Everyone thinks that they can start and feel good about it, but can you actually go out there uh, and do it? And, uh, you know, as far as predictions go, it looks like three years, again, according to trade rumors, I trust them. They're usually pretty close uh, for the most part. They do a nice job with that. So at three years and about $42 million, I think that's going to be a nice ad. He is 34, 
or will be 34 on opening day. So that's maybe one thing that uh, you don't love necessarily where Jordan Montgomery, Eduardo Rodriguez, they're younger. Uh, Rodriguez, I think, is also an interesting guy. And I know obviously you guys had him there uh, in Boston. But I think that the secondary guys, there's some really good uh, opportunities. But I just Lugo was the guy that I started to believe in. Uh, after he kind of bet on himself a little bit. I, I wanted him as a reliever for the Rangers last year, quite honestly, because he's so good in that role, but he wanted the chance to start. He got it. He took advantage of it. Um, but, you know, as far as the top guys go, and, you know, as we know, Nolan Gray are now gone, um, you know, it's going to be fascinating to see where they all end up. But there's there's some good ones out there. But you're not going to, again, you're not going to sign Marcus Stroman if you have a bad defense behind you, right? right? That's a waste for a heavy ground ball pitcher. That's kind of a simple one. You know, Michael Waka hanging in there. Uh, and bouncing back, he'll be oh, 32 he strong, years old. Man. He finished strong. Yeah, that's another one. So there's there's some good ones out there, and you know teams got work to do for sure. And uh, hopefully things pick up a little bit. Man, it's been slow. Well, you know, I I'll say this about you know St. Louis obviously has been at the at the forefront when it comes to getting yeah. starting pitching. And I'll say this, like, okay, here's how I'll spin it to give them a compliment: is that you you got three guys who had 32 starts or more mm-hmm. in Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, and Sonny Gray. And and people say, oh, well, look at, you know, you got guys in their mid-30s, and Lance Lynn is coming off a bad year, and Gibson is what he is, and, and Sonny Gray maybe is not the top of the rotation guy. But all those guys made 32 or more starts, and all mm-hmm. those guys usually, and people don't say that about, someone said this about Sonny Gray the other day, I'm like, no, actually, he did pitch. He actually was very pitch efficient. He actually yes. did pitch semi-deep in the games. Mm-hmm. And when you're dealing with 938 pitchers in Major League Baseball, if you can find three guys that could give you 32 starts, then all of a sudden you don't have to start dipping down. Maybe yeah. I'm overthinking it, but I'm I'm going no. with there's value. Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson in particular, and even Jordan Lyles. I know you look at his overall numbers, like, my goodness, what a brutal ERA, but he's making his starts and he's getting deep in games and there's value in that. I didn't realize this until today. I knew that they struggled in St. Louis. We kind of stopped paying attention to them about halfway through the year. Their starters posted a 5.08 ERA. Uh, that is the worst of any full season in their franchise history going back to 1906. For their starters, that's as far back as I could look. They had a slightly higher ERA in 94, but we know that wasn't a full season. And so to think about the history of that organization going back that far and saying last year was the worst ERA their starters have ever had, you got to address it. Even if it's like ah, kind of you know lukewarm moves, at least for the first two, they're serviceable guys, like you said, that are going to make their starts. Sonny Gray is an ace, and he'll pitch at the very top of the rotation, and they should be decent enough. They probably, as a group, I know it's going to be more than just those five, but realistically, they're going to give you closer to league average production now it becomes about, and their defense was bad last year, play good defense, and you got to score more runs. So they need to have another move in them. I know uh, Mosaic was talking today about a little bit uh, about the offseason being fluid and knowing they still have other things to do. For me, that's addressing the offense, uh, perhaps cutting bait with a couple of guys that just it hasn't worked out, and uh, trying to score more runs and give me league average starting pitching. You can win with league average starting pitching if you're doing some other things really well. And I think they'll get that, and they'll have an ace that can match up with others for sure in Sunny Gray. Well, well, you're our ace. I appreciate it, CJ. <laughs> I appreciate your Thank time. Thank you. And- In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I I look over at my dad and I I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. 
two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.